you know, we didn't realize how big it had gotten until we started going out just in our everyday lives with Pip. Like, oh, let's go for a bike on the boardwalk. And people started screaming his name. He's getting recognized. And, and that has just been, like, the craziest experience of my life. And now for something completely different. Hi, my name is Annie Grossman, and I'm a dog trainer. This podcast is brought to you by School for the Dogs, a Manhattan-based facility I own and operate along with some of the city's finest dog trainers. During this podcast, we'll be answering your questions, geeking out on animal behavior, discussing pet trends, and interviewing industry experts. Welcome to School for the Dogs podcast. So today I am talking to someone who six months ago had a problem in the form of a tiny kitten who was driving her and her husband crazy. That problem is now a world-renowned phenomenon known as Pip the Beach Cat. Now I wanted to do an episode on Pip not only because I think it's kind of interesting this idea of a cat as a social media sensation, but also because I think it's a pretty incredible story of owners uh, who have used smart management and good training to create uh, an excellent world and an excellent life for a cat who you might say had special needs. I'll let his human explain. Hello, uh, my name is Emily Meadows, and I'm the owner of Pip the Beach Cat. Um, essentially, Pip is an, you know, a multifaceted feline. Um, <laughs> he warms people's souls through his social media uh, posts and engagement, but he actually does a lot of, uh, like, in the community work on a daily basis as well. Um, he's a children's book author. His pre-orders for that just opened up uh, this Saturday. And he is doing a bunch of fundraising projects right now. Um, we're working on a stuffed animal version of him. Um, he's got T-shirts and stickers and all that kind of fun stuff coming out, hopefully, in the summer. But uh, essentially, he's an ambassador for our town, which is Ocean City, Maryland. Um, it's a resort town. A lot of people from New York, um, Philadelphia, uh, Pennsylvania, really, in general, um, New Jersey, come down here for their summers. And so we kind of live here year-round. It's very quiet this time of year. And then next So you basically... You basically are the, the mom manager of a famous cat. Exactly. I'm very much a momager, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell me tell me where Pip came from and how all of this started. When did you first, well, when did Pip first find you? Yeah, so it is a very long story, and I won't tell it here because I think it's it could be a little bit boring. Um, I have it actually written out on his website somewhere, but um, Pip was... There was a woman staying at a house, and there's a there's an award that gets given out every year. It's called America's Coolest Small Town, um, and so the town right outside of Ocean City, where actually my family, um, like my mom and my grandparents, grew up, uh, it's called Berlin, Maryland. Um, they won it a few years ago. So in and of itself, it, it, like it, it, it's a very strange little town, uh, in that it's used a lot of time for movies. So it was featured in like Runaway Bride and Chuck Everlasting and things like that. Um, but a what beautiful is it called? Town. Um, Berlin, Maryland. Berlin, Maryland. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really cool. And and like I said, it won America's Coolest Small Town. It's been in these movies. But that's just a little background on, on sort of where Pip first showed up. And so what happened was is my sister, who is 17, um, was away for the weekend with her friends uh, at Hershey Park. And her friend's grandmother was at the friend's house in Berlin. And it was a little bit of like a thunderstorm. And Pip just showed up on the doorstep. And so this woman who didn't live in the house, she was just there uh, temporarily, invited Pip in and was sort of taking care of him for the weekend while the family was away. And then they came home and, and from what I can understand, they were like, well, well, you know, we already have a cat with some serious health problems. We can't take on this other kitten. We need to find it a home. Well, my sister was with that family that weekend. And so she said, oh, I'll take it. And it became sort of this never-ending cycle of there's this kitten, it needs a home, but nobody wants it. Um, he was very dirty. Uh, his eyes were very swollen. We thought that he was deaf. It was it was clear from the get-go that he may have health problems. Um, and so nobody really knew what to do. Uh, and I said, well, 
and the least I can do is take the cat and, and watch it. Um, the two cats that we already had, um, we've had for five years, um, and we actually brought them over from Poland because my husband is Polish, and I had been living uh, in Poland with him while he finished his master's degree. And so when I moved over to Poland, got these uh, two little cats. And um, so when we moved back to the States, we brought them with us. And so that was our main concern was, you know, we couldn't keep Pip because uh, he wasn't getting along with our other cats. Um, our one really small, tiny little black cat uh, sort of lived on top of this bookshelf for like the first two weeks that Pip was in the house and like would not come down, despite the fact that um, Pip was half her size. Uh, so <laughs> it was just creating this very funny dynamic. And so we were trying to get into the nursing home. We were trying to, t or not the nursing home, the Humane Society. We were trying to get my dad to take him, but he was a very rambunctious little cat. He needed a lot of care. You know, he needed to be cleaned because, like I said, his eyes were sort of like, uh, for lack of a better term, I guess, oozing, you could say. So, you know, you had to clean him a lot. And um, so long story short, the Humane Society was full. He couldn't go to my dad's house because my dad lived with my grandfather and he would have probably tripped him. And so here we were with this cat and kind of like, well, I, I guess we're going to have to keep him for now. And he started destroying our house, climbing our window screens, knocking things over. I mean, I tend to buy he was, he was a he was a cat hole <laughs> yeah I mean he was just like exactly I mean just absolutely crazy and he was so small but he was creating so much destruction and uh, um but that's essentially his behavior is why we took him to the beach for the first time and we realized that oh my gosh the perfect thing for this cat is to be able to go outside each day in a controlled environment you know not out on his own because he was you know, one of those cats that, you know, if you let him out on his own, he'd get into a fight with a fox and probably not win. And so uh, we said, OK, we're, we're going to take him to the beach. And um, the first time we took him, you know, he dug a little hole. He like spun a few circles. I mean, he was just all over the place. And then he took a nap. And then the next time we took him, he got, you know, near the water. And then the next time he hopped on a boogie board. And the next thing we knew, he was like swimming in little tide pools. Now, uh, you take him outside on a leash. Is that right? Yes, he has like a, a normal cat harness, and then um, he has a couple of different leashes that we attach to that. Um, most of the time, we use uh, a retractable, uh, retractable dog leash, and hook him on that, so he has like twenty six feet of line that he can sort of run around on the beach with. You know, obviously that's not ideal for you know when the beach is crowded or if we're in a place with a lot of people, and so we have other leashes that are. Um, more geared towards cats uh, that we hook on in, the, in that case. And then we have a special little leash that one end hooks to his harness and then the other end uh, hooks into the seatbelt of the car. And so you can actually buckle him in. Do you, so you drive him to the beach every day or do you walk him to the beach? Um, usually we drive everywhere. I mean, we're not going to the beach every day right now because it's too cold and windy. I mean, we're, you know, like four hours south of New York. So we're about the same weather mm -hmm. as you guys. Uh, it hasn't been nice yet at all. Um, and so, yeah, our, we live like way back um, from the beach. We're not we're not walking distance at all. So uh, we do ride him in the bicycle sometimes up there. Uh, but most of the time it's just, you know, plug him, you know, pop him into the car, buckle him in and, and we'll ride up this time of year. It's really easy to find parking and then we can have all this stuff with us. You know, I mean, I, I've said it's like having a small toddler or even a newborn. Um, you just have so much stuff to bring with you. <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of stuff do you have to bring um, with you? So we've got his leashes. We've got, you know, his bowls for food and water. Um, we have his toys. We have his treats. We have his training tools. Um, we have uh, these like play pens. Everything we do primarily has been made for puppies. Um, so we have his little like puppy play pens that we can set up if we need to. Um because he's got this book coming out, he has a lot of marketing things, you know, we have to bring our cameras with us, stuff like that. So just a, a whole sh slew of things. I've started wearing a lot of fanny packs to organize it all a little bit better. Um, but then, and then he has this carrier, which um, I don't know if you've seen, but uh, Lala Meow is the, the company that just started making them. And so there used to be these backpacks that you could put your cat in that had just the teeny tiny little bubble for them to look out of. Um, but now they have made these uh, these backpacks that are completely see-through on the front. And so some people call it a, a spaceship. I call it a bubble. Um, it is a airline-approved cat carrier, you know, officially. So how has this affected his indoor life? Um, I guess you could say that if 
for example, the weather isn't very good for several days in a row and he doesn't get to go out on his adventures, he just starts treating um, the indoors like the outdoors and he'll just run up and down our apartment. He'll, you know, climb the curtains. He'll, I mean, it just becomes the whole problems that we had with him as a kitten uh, start resurfacing. Um, so we try to make sure that we get him out as much as possible, you know, let him run, let him smell new stuff, explore, anything like that. It's really wonderful that you've figured out how to give him the life he needs without, you know, letting him become totally Yeah, feral. absolutely. It's kind of, you know, controlled chaos in a way. So what's his book about? Oh, yeah. So his book is, um, it's an illustrated adventure. It's called Pip's Guide to Ocean City, uh, Volume 1. And it is, um, like, I think 12 spreads of sort of what Pip does in Ocean City, um, sort of from, you know, kind of looking at Ocean City from the viewpoint of a child, but instead of a child, it's a cat. And so it kind of, you go along his day where the sun is rising over the ocean and, you know, you're seeing him play in the sand. He's getting buried. He's building a sand castle with his little seagull friend. And then he goes about his day and does a bunch of different stuff. It's sort of a lot of illustrated versions of what he actually has already done. Uh, and then um, what's great about it is we didn't really water down the language like it very much is written so that you know if an adult read it they would be like oh yeah like this is totally what I did as, as a kid at the beach or if they're reading it to their own child they're not like so bored because it's like just the most basic language you know it, it assumes that kids can comprehend things and and that um that you know how adults have Lonely Planet and Rick Steves and you know they have all these search engines and, you know, travel blogs and all, you know, adults have everything at their fingertips to sort of research a place that they might be visiting for a trip and kids don't really have that. And so this first book is sort of just the start of what hopefully will become more of like a children's guidebook series. And did you write it and illustrate it? I wrote it. it. Um, I did not illustrate it. We have an awesome illustrator. Her name is uh, Anna Gabriella Stroh. And um, we chose her for um, several different reasons. A, we loved her style, like the way that she drew. Um, it just captures Pip's emotions in the best way possible. Um, she also just was willing to put in so much time and research, actually um, learning about the town of Ocean City and making sure that the illustrations matched what was physically here. Yeah, so tell me about him, his swimming. He has this strange obsession with water. So, and I think a lot of cats do. Um, I think that it's one of those things where you find a lot of cats that either love water or they hate water, and there's not a lot of in between. Um, but he, uh, you know, if the faucet is running or the shower's on or someone's doing dishes, like he's watching the water the whole time. And like if you splash him with the water or you touch him with the water, like he isn't afraid of it at all. Um, now, does he go and like jump in the ocean and go for a swim? No, n not not yet, at least. I mean, it's been too cold. Um, but he will go, especially when it's warmer, he'll go near the water, he'll sort of play with the waves, he'll, he'll see what he thinks. Um, we have put him into a swimming pool before and, you know, to see how he would react, and, and he just does a little doggy paddle, and he's just like, you know, whatever, it's okay. And then he, he, get, he gets out, <laughs> and he's like, all right, that was, that was fun. Um, and so one time, I, like, I don't, I, this is um, a couple months ago, it was, the water was still really warm. The air was starting to cool down because our water here, both the bay and the ocean, you know, September and October is when the, the water is its warmest because um, it's it's had all summer to warm up. But uh, I took him out on a paddleboard for the first time, and it was like a really flat day over on the bay, and I get him on the board, and he's like so curious. He's like on the edge of the board. He's like dipping his paws in the water. He's like smelling everything. He's like looking around, and then all of a sudden, he just decides he doesn't want to paddleboard anymore, and we're like maybe three feet from the dock. I mean we are so close to the dock that I'm, I, I mean, we're not far at all. And he just doesn't want to paddle board anymore. So he hops off the paddle board and swims to the dock and just hops up on the dock and is like, I'm done. If a cat wants to do something, you have to work with it to figure out what it's comfortable with. And, and every cat is different. Um, I think that what did change is that Pip took adventure to a whole new level for me. Like I've always gone on walks with my cats or, you know, not limited them to, you know, this indoor life of just looking out windows. Um, but when Pip started doing things like hopping on boogie boards and stuff, I started like looking online at like, oh, well, are there other cats that do this? And it turns out there's this huge community of adventure cats. And there's so many cats out there that are like all over the world going on hikes, going surfing, you know, just all this kinds of crazy stuff.
this isn't something that's like that crazy. Like there are tons of cats doing this. I bet there's tons of cats that would want to do this. I need to, you know, get Pip out there and see what he wants so that other cats can be inspired and live their best life too. Adventure cats. Is that a, is that a term? I've never heard that. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so I actually, um, I was, we had like a, so the town, like I said, where Pip was found, Berlin, Maryland, um, it's known for all of these like really tiny little stores and like they're all like locally owned and everybody knows everybody and like they know you by name and you know them by name. You know, that's just like the environment of Berlin. And so this new independent bookstore opened and um, it was around the time that we had just started Pip's sort of social media stuff. And so one of the things that we do with Pip is we always try to take him to like art, um, art openings or if it's like a local store is opening and it's like a small business owner, we'll always bring him to like the grand opening to try to spread the word of, you know, hey, there's this small business and it's opening and, and come check it out. And um, so this, this independent bookstore was opening. And also he just likes art openings. Yeah, of I'm course, sure. of course. <laughs> um, but, uh, so we took him to this independent bookstore, um, their opening, and um, I had him in his little bubble and everybody was like interacting with him and stuff. But what was so cool is this bookstore is called Greyhound Bookstore and the owners rescue Greyhound dogs. And so they've named their store after it. And one of the owners is actually an author. And um, they they have an entire section of their store dedicated to pets. And what I thought was so cool is they had so many books about cats. And so I found this book, and it was called Adventure Cats, and I bought it. And that's the book that I read through it, and it's just like uh, an, an anthology of all of these cats all over the world that go on these crazy adventures. Have you encountered people who've had anything other than positive things to say about having a cat that that explores and that goes outside yeah I mean definitely absolutely um like are there are there cat yes are there trolls out there there's a there's a few levels of negativity that we've seen um one of one of the interesting things and I wouldn't necessarily say that this is negative it just reflects the market I guess in some ways is that a lot of um stores that you know, open and have products for dogs don't also have products for cats. So we've found Mm -hmm. that like, there's this very strange sort of situation where we'll go into these boutique, you know, pet stores, but they're really just for dogs. And so there is this strange sort of, and we had a whole conversation. We had a post go viral on Reddit um, when we showed uh, a picture of Pip um, on like his first or second nursing home visit with his little name tag that that the nursing home had made for him and um there was this whole conversation about it that there's this huge market for for dog stuff and like a lot of times you go into stores and it's like the dog sections are rows and rows and rows of stuff and then it's like this little teeny cat section and it's strange because when you look at the actual numbers there's more you know most people that have one cat they probably have multiple cats And so when you look at the actual data, it's like there's more cats in American households than dogs just in numbers because, you know, it's so much easier to have five cats rather than five dogs. But when you look at the actual market of like retail, um, there isn't as much stuff geared towards cats. And I've been in a lot of stores and been like, oh, hey, like I see that you guys have a lot of dog stuff. Like, do you have anything for a cat, like any cat treats? And they're like, oh, no, we don't carry cat products. Um, we only carry dog products and that's been really funny. And like, we've met a lot of small businesses that have both. And I always say to them like, Hey, thank you for carrying cat stuff. Um, because we encounter so many times that there isn't cat stuff and they're like, you don't know how many people say that to us. And it's so funny, um, to me. And so there's been this sort of level where I never noticed until I had a famous cat and was taking him out places that there's so many things that, that say, you know, for example, all the all the signs for the beach here for Ocean City, they don't say no animals on the beach after May 1st. They say no dogs. But if you actually look at the law, it's no animals. So we took Pip to the beach because the sign said no dogs. And then next thing you know, we're getting in trouble. <laughs> the actual law is no animals. But they just, you know, people think, and I get it. I mean, it makes sense. Like, you don't, you know, you, the mainstream media is dogs going with people places not cats you know cats are meant to either be outdoor on their own or indoor with their family and and that just isn't necessarily the actual reality of what's going on and so you know there's there's been some 
I guess you could say negativity in that people find it, you know, it's very, it's very unexpected when they see a cat somewhere. And we have a lot of, um, a lot of people say like, oh, well, why, why would you let your cat leave the house? Like a cat is meant to be indoors. And so we get some, some hate because we're letting him explore. Um, We get a lot of people who, you know, aren't seeing Pip actually out and about, but are just seeing like the pictures of it. And they're like, you know, that's wrong. You shouldn't do that with a cat. And and by far, this is the minority of people. And, and I, you know, we really try not to think about the hate, but, you know, it is social media and that's sort of what you get. Um, and so, yeah, there's definitely been some people that are like very against this concept of adventure cats. And we have to explain to them like, hey, like we didn't know about it either. But if you go yeah. to this, this resource, I mean, you can see there are cats all over the world exploring and like we know when Pip doesn't want to be somewhere. We know when he's tired. We know when he's scared. And a lot of people, like today, or not today, um, Sunday, we had him out on the boardwalk because it was finally nice. And we were sitting and we were talking to a business owner. And um, next thing I knew, Pip just hopped off the little bench he was sitting on and he ran. And everyone was like, oh, my God, he's so scared. And, I, and it, no, he wasn't scared. He knew the store that we were near. And he loves to explore there. So he hopped off the bench and started running because he wanted to explore. He was like, mm-hmm. this this conversation is boring. I want to <laughs> get in there where I know they have treats for me. And it's like if a dog had done that, people would have been like, oh, my gosh, I bet the owners of that store have treats for him. But it's like because it's a cat, people are like, oh, my God, he's scared. And so people are very, very quick to judge what's going on. And, and we have to constantly reassure them, like, we, we know Pip, we're with him all day. We know the sort of body language that he gives off if he's uncomfortable. Um, we know his needs and, and we know, okay, if this is how he starts acting, we leave. We set, you know, we take him home, we take him to like his safe space, which is like the car or his bubble. Like, I mean, he loves the car, which is also kind of abnormal for mm-hmm. a, a cat, I think. Um, but yeah, and, and we've gotten people, I think the funniest thing is we get people recently that are saying we're working him too hard, right? Because they're like, oh, you're going to four nursing homes a week, and, like, that's that's not fair, and, like, he needs a break. And it's like, you know, Pip is physically in the nursing home doing, if you want to call it work, for an hour, maybe two. And if you call it work, then that's calling him playing work, you know? It's like the actual person who is tired is me. I have to drive him all these places. <laughs> how did you get – how did you start – how did you start getting involved with bringing him to nursing homes? Yeah, so well, as soon as I, as soon as we had him on the beach and we saw how well he did on a leash, and we saw that he pretty much had no fear, I said, and you know, and he would go in a car. You know, that was like the number one thing. I reached out to um, some other cats that I had seen on Instagram. So one of them is Summer Travels, and I just direct messaged them and I said, "Hey, I see that every once in a while you post." that Summer goes to children's hospitals and things. How did you do that? And so she told me the program that they used and stuff, and I did a a bunch of research. Um, And it's really hard to get a cat certified to do um, therapy work. But we got put in an interesting situation where we had to take out special insurance because Pip was going to be doing so many public appearances for his book release. And so that insurance covered us so much that it was like nursing homes were like oh you can totally come here and the other thing too was I thought in my mind like oh these nursing homes are going to require that we go to them through love on a leash or through you know pets on wheels or something like that um and but when I started reaching out and I I and full disclosure the first one I reached out to is one that my mother works for she's the head of human resources although I will say she was not on board with the idea because she is a worry wart and was like, oh, my God, I, what happens if this happens? What happens if that happens? And, like, she was very nervous, and she was she was like, I'll give you the number to our activities director, but, you know, this is on you. And I was like, okay, I got it, no problem. And so when I called the activities director, I said, look, I can't get him certified right now because he's not old enough. I said, second of all, it's a lot of paperwork, and it's a lot of this and that. Um, he's completely vaccinated. He has no fear. Um, I would like to start bringing him and just see how it goes. And then you can kind of go from there what what you think you want to do. And she was like, awesome. Absolutely. Like, like, let's do it. Let's see how he acts. And so a traditional therapy cat and I, I anyone that's listening to this, if you have an older cat that is very cuddly and very lovable, they would be perfect for therapy because a traditional certified therapy cat 
goes to somewhere like a children's hospital or a nursing home, they are carried um, or in a carrier uh, and they are placed, you know, on someone's lap and they sit and the resident gets to pet them. And maybe they visit one resident for an hour and it's just very much like a calming experience and, and that is it. And Pip is not there yet. You know, he's too young. He's too adventurous. But what Pip can do is he can do tricks and he performs his little show and he goes into the rooms and we give the nursing home patients um, or residents um, toys and they play with him. And so it's like he just is so fearless that he'll go into any new room and be like, oh, okay, cool. I'm here. And oh, that lady has a laser pointer. I'm going to chase it around on the floor for an hour. And the nursing home patients uh, are going to laugh and laugh and laugh. And so that's sort of what has happened. And so we started with our first nursing home. Um, again, it's in Berlin where Pip was actually found. Um, we started there and um, we said, okay, we're going to come on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're going to see how it goes. We've got this insurance. We're covered. Like, like, let's see what we can do. And it went so well um, that, you know, all of a sudden we had every nursing home in the area calling and asking Pip to come visit. Because something that's really interesting um, that we've learned is, uh, you know, dogs and, and even small horses, because, uh, you know, mini horses are used a lot of times for therapy and sometimes bunnies, um, but especially dogs are brought through programs like Love on a Leash and, and through um, Pets on Wheels all the time. Dogs visit nursing homes all the time. But a lot of the residents in nursing homes didn't have dogs. They had cats. And some of them that we've worked with, you know, they've been in a nursing home for 15 years and haven't seen a cat since they got there. And a lot of them have had to give up their cats when they moved into the nursing home. And so it's just been this incredible experience where Pip has built relationships with these residents and they expect him every week, you know, and like they're upset if we have to cancel for some reason. And so we try to stay on a very strict schedule, you know, four or five minutes late, they notice. Um, and so <laughs> we just have had so much fun. And um, now, you know, obviously Pip can't do visits all day long. You know, he does get tired. He does want to do his own thing. And so we have a select few that we do one-on-one -on -one visits with. And then all the new nursing homes that we're working with and all of the new residents that want Pip to visit, uh, what we actually do is these presentations. So all the nursing homes have um, televisions and all the televisions are smart TVs. And so you can hook up a computer or you can get online. And so, you know, we have all of these videos of Pip and like Pip on the news and all this cool stuff. And so most of the residents, you know, they don't have Facebook. They're in their 90s to one that we were with today is 104. And um, they don't see the stuff that Pip does. They have no idea that he's famous. They just are excited that there's a cat there. And so we started um, doing these presentations using his videos. And they're like, oh, my gosh, like that cat that comes to see me was on the news. And so <laughs> that's been a whole thing. Um, so we're working on expanding that program. Uh, and then lastly, the last thing I'll say about the nursing homes, and, and this is really the most important thing. Um, and like I said, anybody that can get their cat certified in a way, and, and we'd be happy to talk to people about it um, or direct them, you know, love on a leash, like I said, is something that uh, a cat, another cat, a, a therapy cat um, directed us towards. And it, it wasn't going to work for us, and we kind of found our own way. But um, what's what's been most beneficial and most sort of, I guess you could say, life-changing for residents is the ones in the dementia wing. Um, my grandmother had dementia, and, you know, a lot of times when someone gets dementia, it happens very quickly, and, um, and all of a sudden, you know, you'll have someone who is running, you know, marathons and was just very active, just steadily decline over a year into someone that, that doesn't even speak. And so the coolest thing, and, like, the best story that we love to tell is um, one of our residents that we visit once or twice a week. Uh, she is a nonverbal dementia patient. Um, she doesn't really speak uh, at all. Um, she'll make noises here and there. But when we come in with Pip, she talks to him. And she Aww. has conversations with him. And it's, like, very strange. And, and I didn't expect it to happen. And on our first visit with her, um, you know, the first few times we went, we were being supervised by the activities director to make sure that everything was going how it should go. And, and she, the activities director started crying. And I, I didn't realize what was happening until after the fact. But it was like this woman hadn't spoken in, you know, since she had really been there. And now all of a sudden she sees Pip. And every week it's like she's seeing Pip for the first time. 
And as soon as she sees him come around the corner, it is like she has won The Price is Right. I mean, she just, a whole smile comes over her face. She starts making noises. And then you get her one-on-one into, like, a private room. And she plays with him and then eventually starts talking to him. And she'll she'll tell him stuff. I mean, it has just been, that's really been the most incredible thing. And, and so I, I had never volunteered in nursing homes before. But um, now that I've started, I mean, it's the highlight of my week is going and spending mm-hmm. an hour with this woman and watching her go from the beginning of the hour, just sort of, it's very much of, I'm not, I don't want to like, you know, I'm not mocking, but my, my impression would be her, her noises are very much like, um, she'll say things like, my, 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 and it's like that, and then by the end of the visit, she'll say like, I love you, Pip, or I love Tim, and it's like, she's putting together full sentences, I mean, it's just incredible, it's the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life, it is so cool, the power of animals. Wow. Now, you've traveled with him, too, is that right? Yeah, we've been, um, I guess our furthest journey was Savannah, Georgia, because my family, um, my aunt and uncle live down there, and so we went for Christmas. And so he went down, and um, we did the same thing like we did in New York City. Um, We took him out in his little bubble, and we wear the bubble on our front so that we can, you know, make sure nobody's, like, poking him and things. Did you drive drive him down? Yeah, we drove him down. We Mm -hmm. always have a litter box in the car. Um, it's incredible. He 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 rarely uses it. Um, it was a 12-hour drive down, and I think he went once on the way to Savannah, and then twice on the way home. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he's totally come. Like he'll just go in the litter box in the car, no problem. And then when we're out and about, like when we were in New York City and when we were in Savannah, um, we just find like little parks where people walk their dogs, and we just walk him like a dog. And he's you know he's a little particular, so sometimes you have to find a little dirt patch and you. You have to start digging a little bit. And then once the hole has started being dug, he's like, oh, okay, I'll go there. <laughs> so it's, it's been pretty funny, actually. And I, I know you came to New York, and, uh, and actually that's how we first connected because you, you emailed me about places to go with him in New York. What was that like? Yeah, it was awesome. Well, I mean, the planning for it was very frustrating because – um, all the, all the dog friendly places said that we couldn't bring a cat and like looking back in hindsight, like we just say if somewhere's pet friendly, we usually just take them, but because we don't live in New York and, you know, we were staying kind of near Times Square, but wanted to go mostly to Brooklyn. Um, we weren't about to go all the way down there and then them be like, Hey, he's not allowed. And so, you know, we always have to kind of check if some, if somewhere says that it's pet friendly, I always check to make sure that it's pet friendly in the winter too, because a lot of times it's only pet friendly, you know, when the patios are open. And so that's the only reason I really reached out. Um, But I made the mistake of saying that he was a cat. And so we had several businesses say like, well, he can't come, you know, it's dogs only. And at first I was a little bit annoyed. And then, you know, I realized, well, they don't know Pip, you know, they don't, they don't know that he goes to all these bars around Ocean City with dogs and that he has this bubble and, you know, and I wasn't about to argue with these business owners because that's not my place. And you, then you couldn't just stealthily <laughs> Right, exactly. And I was like, I can't sneak in now. They're going to know I'm the lady that emailed them about the cat. <laughs> so, yeah, so we came to New York um, because we had a, a Monday morning meeting with uh, an animal agency. And so um, – And did make... they contact you then about, about possibly representing Pip? We – so – or did you reach out to them? Let me How think did it about work? that for a second. Mm-hmm. I believe we reached out to them. So I mm-hmm. found this cat. His name is Chi-Chi. And um, the cat was on Saturday Night Live and was in um, Unbreakable uh, Kimmy Schmidt and um, was in, like, some Rachel Ray commercials. And I, I found out about this cat because I was researching, like, how to, you know, have your cat be an actor because – I thought that it might be something that Pip would really enjoy because he, he likes to learn. And I was like, well, this could be a really cool learning experience for him. And so um, I found the owner of the cat's name in this like Huffington Post article from like 10 years ago, emailed her, ended up booking her for an hour long sort of consultation um, about like how she got her cat into acting. And she gave me an entire list of agents and said, contact all of them and see what they say. And so we contacted all of them, and and this was one that was like, you know, that some of them are like, oh, you're on our list, good to go. If we have work, we'll call you. And then this one um, said, you know, can you come up to New York? We want to meet Pip in person. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, that sounds like so much fun. And so that's that's why we went up. We wanted to meet with this agent. You know, she wanted to see Pip in person, sort of check him out, see what his demeanor was like. 
So we said, we'll make a whole weekend out of it. The Algonquin Hotel invited us to stay with them. And um, they have a cat, Hamlet the Eighth. Uh, they've <laughs> always had a cat. They've had Matildas and they've had Hamlets. And um, they've had it since since the hotel opened. Um, I mean, I think it's over 100 years ago now. Uh, so this tradition of a cat has been going on forever. Um, and so it was the perfect place for Pip to stay. And Pip and Hamlet actually got to have breakfast together one morning. And they interacted a little <laughs> bit. Um, Hamlet was very concerned that Pip was there to replace him. So we had to you know, tell him, like, we're just here to visit. Like, don't worry. And so... You know, we, we didn't spend too much time with Hamlet because we didn't want him to think that, that Pip was there to replace him whatsoever. Mm -hmm. um, but, we yeah, we left every morning sort of with a loose plan of like, okay, this is the neighborhood we're going to check out. And um, when Pip says it's time to go, it's time to go. And I'm, I'm not joking when I say this cat, oh, my God, he wanted to explore New York more than I did. I mean, it was like <laughs> he just loved it. He was hanging out of his, his little bubble that we carry him in. It has a little side pocket. And he was just hanging out of it the whole time. He was smelling everything. He ordered a hot dog. He went to Central Park. Like, he rode the Staten Island Ferry and saw the Statue of Liberty. Um, he rode the subway. <laughs> I thought, I said, okay, he's going to have to be afraid of the subway, but we're going to try it because I don't want to limit what I think Pip can handle. Put him on the subway. We're like, we'll do one stop. He fell asleep. That's how unfazed he was by the subway. <laughs> and I'm like, what the heck? This is crazy. And so we just knew, like, I mean, this is Pip, and, like, he's not he's not afraid of anything. And so um, we took him to Central Park, and we walked him across the Brooklyn Bridge, and we went to these pet-friendly um, establishments. And he always, you know, it's funny because people are like, what? like, what do you mean you take a cat to a bar? And I'm like, this cat loves to people watch, and he loves to watch, like, the drinks being poured and all the, like, neon lights. And, like, I mean, it's just, like, it's so cool to him. And you can you can just sit him on a bar stool. And he'll just sit there and he'll look around and you feed him his, his dinner while you're eating your dinner. And like, he just has the greatest time and he'll purr and he'll let people pet him. And like, you know, that's how we kind of know that he's enjoying himself as he's purring, he's sleeping. You know, they say, you know, a cat is comfortable if it closes its eyes um, because a mm -hmm. cat won't close its eyes if it doesn't feel comfortable because, you know, it's on alert, it's kind of on edge. And I mean, every bar we take him to, as soon as he's done watching what's going on, asleep. Just absolutely. Afraid. Have you done training with him? Yes. So we, um, a lot of people always ask us, like, did you train him to go on the leash? Did you train him to use the harness? And my answer for that is no. Um, you know, he, he just took to the harness very naturally. And I think realized that very early on that the only way he was going to be able to go outside was if he was attached to this thing. Um, and so he's done wonderful with it. Um, what we have been able to train him to do is to give his paw. He can give high fives. He can give handshakes. And um, we have certain training tools. Um, we have, like, a little stick. Uh, and I, I'm sure they use these for dogs, too. But it's, like, a little stick with, like, a little red um, foam, like, rubber ball on the end. And so we've trained him to follow that little red ball. And, like, if we're doing, say, like, a little photo shoot or something fun just for, like, his, his Instagram or something, um, we sort of have him trained to sit. And then look at wherever the little ball is. So we can have the ball sort of behind the camera and like have him look up or to the right and, you know, get that perfect little cute face where he, where he smiles. Um, but a lot of it, like, I can't make this stuff up. Like I can't, I can't script it and I can't make it happen. Like he just <laughs> shows a wide range of emotions. Like somebody said that, you know, we, we snuck him into um, one of the oldest bars in, in, in New York city, um, McSorley's, I think it's called, right? And um, he yeah. wasn't allowed to be there, but we're like, okay, we're going to sneak him in. We're going to keep him in the bubble the whole time. Like, you know, I'm not trying to do anything against like New York health code or anything. Um, but it's, and, and really we were there just for us because we'd never been to this bar and we wanted to go. And so we go and we're having a beer and he's in his bubble and he's, he's totally chilled out. He's like sleeping under the bar in his bubble. And like, we could see him the whole time. And uh, at the end, um, the bartenders had found out that, that he was in there and they made a joke like, oh my God, we have the, the worst doorman in the world. And I said, we're going to, I said, we're on our way out, but do you mind if I just take one picture of him? And they were like, one picture. And I was like, okay. So I unzipped his bubble and he stuck his little head out and we kind of have him, um, like he's in the foreground and in the background is the whole bar. And he just has this smirk on his face. 
like he knows that he's not supposed to be there but like look at him like he broke into this bar and like all that kind of stuff so he does he does I mean the emotions that he shows are just so funny and you can get him to look like I mean sometimes he'll look very sad like that he needs a treat you know it's like those puppy dog eyes that people talk about he is completely capable of making them (laughs) (laughs) do you have you ever done any clicker training with yeah so all of his paw high fives and handshakes um he does now without the need of the clicker enforcement but it is the 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 clicker is what got it all started and so you know we did you know as he would start to lift his hand up click treat as his hand would get closer Mm -hmm. our hand click treat and um within a day uh he was doing the full you know give paul trick we would click every single time and then by the next day we didn't even need the clicker anymore um, and he just knew, you know, wherever our hand was, that's that's where his paw needed to be. So we just transitioned that to high fives and to handshakes. And now it's something we just do wow. every morning and, and every night. And so he's just got it down. Um, and we're working on him on some other funny tricks just because he, he really does like to learn the tricks. I mean, what's really cool is, like, when you get the tools out for training, because he, he recognizes them. He sees the clicker. He sees the special treats that he gets when he trains. And he starts to purr, and he'll come over, and you'll say sit, and you'll, you know, make a little fist, and he'll sit, and he's just, like, ready to go. He's like, okay, tell me what I need to do. And then he gets very curious if we try to teach him something new, like, wait, why didn't I get a treat for that? And so he gets a little crazy, like, oh, no, what do I have to do? What do I have to do? And so he just is purring and purring the whole time. It's just been really, really cool to see him grow that way. Um, What do you do when you're not managing your cat? Well, um, I have been a waitress for 15 years. Uh, I have just had to cut down to one day a week right now um, because we, uh, you know, part of Kip's business plan or mission or whatever you want to call it um, is uh, as much charity work as possible, you know. And I've always said, what's what's the point in having a famous cat if it's not doing something good for the community? And um, mm-hmm. I don't, uh, I don't like the idea of I'm going to sell a bunch of products and then just write a check and be like, here's money you know, keep doing what you're doing. It's like, I want to be actively involved in all of that. And so I sort of took this leap of faith and was like, okay, I'm done. Like I quit and I've, I've quit all my jobs because I also substitute teach sometimes. And so I said, you know what? I'm done. I'm not substituting. I'm waitressing only when they absolutely need me. And I've just devoted sort of every day to creating content for Pip's brand but then also spending, you know, almost, I would say four out of five days, if not more, um, at nursing homes or schools, or tomorrow we have story time at the library, uh, just donating my time um, to sort of spread Pip's message out there. Um, and, and to, you know, obviously it helps us because we get publicity and, and we get, you know, more, more people know who Pip is the more places we go and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I mean, if, if nothing more comes out of this than people understanding, you know, that cats can do more than a lot of people give them credit for. And if we can use Pip's reach to sort of bring awareness to like what nursing home residents need, you know, they need people to come visit them. It doesn't have to be a cat. I mean, that'd be great. They love animals. Animal therapy is around for a reason, but they just want people to talk to. I mean, there are nursing home residents that, haven't had visitors the entire time they've been in there I mean that's years that they've been there and haven't had visitors come to specifically Mm. see them and you don't really know that that's going on until you're in it um we also have sort of uh I guess you could call it my passion project um I am a huge fan of hip-hop music um I love Kendrick Lamar and J. Cole and you know the older stuff like Nelly and 50 Cent you know that was out when I was a kid and so I said um, I want Pip to have an alter ego that is, uh, that, that raps. And I kind of sent it out to the universe. I'm a huge believer in like, you know, if you tell the universe you want something, it, it's going to come to you. Uh, you know, just trust that, that it will come and, and you might have to wait, but somehow it's going to happen. And so I kept saying to all my friends and like my family and like even my students, cause at this point I was still substituting. I want Pip to have this alter ego where he raps. I just have to find someone that will be his voice because I'm sure as heck not going to rap. And one day I'm talking to these students in a seventh grade classroom. And one of the kids who like was in the back of the room and hadn't said anything, all class goes, 
my brother can rap for you. And I kind of, I, I didn't think anything of it. And he's like, I'm not joking, Miss Meadows. Like, he can really rap. Like, I, I want to hook you guys up. Like, I think, I think he can rap for you. And I was like, okay, all right. Like, how old is he? Like, you know, like, what's his story? And he's like, his name's Rashawn. He's 15 years old. He's in 10th grade. He goes to the high school next door, which is actually the high school I graduated from. And it was, like, the funniest conversation I've ever had because here it is like me, this like almost 30 year old woman who's essentially carrying around a cat everywhere, acting like it's famous because at this point it wasn't. And this 15 year old kid that's an aspiring rapper who is writing like very explicit rap songs. Um, but they're amazing. Like he's so talented. And so I say to him, look, I will help you with whatever you need because I believe in your art and I believe in what you're doing. And I think that like when I listen to your music, I, I see where you're inspired. And um, we, uh, we sat down and we had this meeting. I said, this is what I want. I want to have rap songs that tips off your ego, Lil P, AKA Lil Pip rap, but it's <laughs> going to be your voice. I said, you can write them, I can write them, whatever, however that needs to work. We'll make music videos. I said, it's going to get your voice out there and perhaps even into, you know, the mainstream where somebody's going to hear it and be like, that kid's good and, and want to help you with your career. I said, but putting all the tip stuff aside, I want to know what you need. And he's like, well, I don't have equipment to shoot a music video. Do you think you can help me with that? And I was like, well, duh, because I'm literally making cat videos all day long. I would love to make a rap video. So um, <laughs> I said, before we do anything with Pip, I want to make sure that you know that I'm serious about, like, you know, this partnership and that this isn't just about using your voice to help me and, and what I want from my cat. This is about helping you. And so we made his rap video first. Um, it's the first rap video I ever made. It was so much fun. It was just so funny. I mean... Like we have, is this a rap video with Pip so in Pip, it? Pip is not in this first video because it has explicit language and Pip is writing a children's book. And so, you know, there was a little <laughs> bit of like, a, okay, we're not going to put Pip. Pip can't endorse this music in that way yet. Um, but, uh, but people do know that I, that I filmed it and directed it and edited it. And um, Vershawn and his rap, rap name is uh, Young Bo. Um, he, uh, he totally, you know, gave me, sort of the storyboard of what he wanted for his first song. And then I sort of made it come to life and, and we worked on the whole editing stage together. And it's, it's just so funny how like on one end of the spectrum, some of my best friends right now are a hundred years old because that's who I visit the nursing home. <laughs> Literally. And, yeah. And then on the other end of the spectrum, it's like, I spent a lot of time with this 15 year old aspiring rapper and like we bounce ideas off of each other and we collaborate on this music. And so we did his music video and then, um, I, we went to the studio and we laid down five original tracks that are all kid friendly, that all have um, meaningful messages about animals. I rewrote uh, Jay-Z's Empire State of Mind uh, to be about Pip and Ocean City. And um, that one's really funny. We like, there's that one line where it's like, you know, uh, Jay's talking about like being on the, on the corner selling rocks. And so we changed it to on the corner selling rock candy since we sell rock candy on, on the boardwalk, you know, <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's, it really is this alter ego and it's supposed to be promoting these really good messages while also, you know, taking someone out of our, our minority community here that's only 15 years old and, and showing the world how talented he is because at the end of the day, like Pip being famous is awesome. I mean, it brings me so much joy. The, the work that we're doing with the nursing homes, you know, just the creative work that I'm able to do is incredible for me. But if we could help Vershawn launch like an actual like bona fide rap career, I mean, that would mean more to me in this world than anything. That's what Pip the Beast Cat is. It's he is here to inspire people and to work with groups of people that are often overlooked. Big pippin' up and down the beach, come and see the waves with me. Pippin' round the whole city, I know that they know it's P. Chillin' on the rocks, me and you, we watch the cats in place. No, we won't stop. Big pippin' down the no sea. Pippin' up and down the beach, come and see the waves with me. Pippin' round the whole city, I 
I know that they know it's P. Chilling on the rocks with me and you. We want the cash and planes. No, we won't stop. Big pimping down in OC. Pimping handle with a gold. If you'd like to learn more about Pip the Cat, you can sign up for his weekly newsletter at pipthebeachcat.com. He's also on Instagram at I'm Feeling Pipsy. And he's on Facebook, facebook.com slash I'm Feeling Pipsy. He has over 13,000 followers. Definitely make sure to check the show notes. I will put his amazing rap video there. Uh, and also on our Facebook page, schoolforthedogs.com slash Facebook. Fun dog fact of the day is actually going to be a fun cat fact. Most orange cats, and Pip is an orange cat, or a ginger cat, as they're sometimes called, called most of them are male. Uh, only about a quarter of them are female. And the reason is that the gene that codes for orange fur is on the X chromosome, and since females have two X's and males are XY, this means that uh, girl cats have to inherit two genes that code for the orange color, whereas boy cats only need one, which they get from their mamas. And uh, a bonus fact about orange cats, if you were a child of the 80s like me, you re might remember the Morris the Cat commercials for Nine Lives Cat Kibble. I actually think uh, he was a star of commercials from as early as the late 60s through maybe like the early 90s. Anyway, uh, the guy who voiced Morris the Cat was also the voice of He-Man. Who knew? And our woof shout out today, of course, has to be a meow shout out. It goes to Sir Charles, who is a tuxedo cat. I think he's about 13 years old. He belongs to my business partner, Kate Sinisi, and her husband, Jared. And he is a difficult cat. He bossed around her dog, who was also black and white, the late and wonderful uh, Pitbull Disco. He bossed him around for many years. And now that Disco isn't around to beat up upon, he. Uh, gets his yayas out by bossing around Kate and Jared and only I'd say only an animal trainer could really handle this this cat who is not easy to live with and actually Kate coined the term which I mentioned uh, to Emily uh, cat hole <laughs> uh, which is how she refers to Sir Charles so Sir Charles you are difficult to love and you sure are lucky to have such a uh, wonderful, wonderful family to uh, put up with your shenanigans. Thanks so much for listening. You can support School for the Dogs podcast by telling your friends about it, leaving a review, or shopping in our online store. You can learn more about us and sign up to get lots of free training resources when you visit us online at schoolforthedogs.com.